0: Thank you for joining Analytics today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I am your co-host Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host Samir Khan. Hey, Smir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Good. You? How's the How's the end of the school year going?
1: Oh, it's great. Last day of the school today for one of my kids. <laughs> Excited. No longer have to get up early in the morning. <laughs> At least, do you do, you do breakfast?
0: Are, are you yeah. the official breakfast maker at home?
1: Yeah, I'm totally. In. I am I'm the official <laughs> kids dropper school. <laughs> like I, am the one that actually you know, drop kids to school. When my nice. my wife takes care of the pickup part. So we divide and conquer.
0: Eh, yeah, we we do the opposite. My wife takes them to school. I do the pickup. So oh, nice. Okay, Which cool. Cool. Yeah, it happens, right? Cool. Well, so this is exciting. So I know next week we're gonna have. Um, a guest that's going to come in and speak, but this week is a great topic. It's actually a process topic. And for a lot of people out there, I think what's really interesting is, you know, you you and I always talk about best practices um, about situations to where you're going in and you're trying to optimize what you're currently doing with regards to your marketing, your analytics and digital trends and all this other stuff. But we're going to take a little bit of a step back because a lot of times there's three pillars that you and I like to focus on, right? It's the technology process, and people. And within that, one of the factors really is this idea around your Martech platform. And today's topic is called right. Seven Strategic Steps to Implementing a Martech platform. and And what we were discussing earlier, Samir and I were discussing earlier, was this idea that if you're a startup, and you're just trying to put together your your lean martech stack of these simple tools or if you're walking into a, an existing organization you know multi-million dollar business or billion dollar business this is the exact same process the exact same seven steps right
1: yeah absolutely and that's a great point that you brought up is because uh, you know interestingly both you and I have had opportunity to work for multiple startups as well as multiple uh, significantly large organization So we can relate to this process, no matter what type of organization you are. Uh, So if you are, whoever's listening to this, and if you feel like, hey, I'm a startup, does it apply to me, should I continue listening? Absolutely. And if you're an enterprise, you should absolutely listen because both of us have experience uh, using this process literally in real time and going through it in multiple organizations of different sizes. So I'm really excited to share some of the specific details and examples and use cases uh, across uh, coming from both of our ends so we can provide real value
0: fantastic yeah and, and and what i want you to know here is what samir and i will do is as we go through these seven steps is we're going to talk about the the we're going to give you the simplistic version and then we'll will hint a little bit at the advanced version of what you could do you know some more things so that way it it applies to everybody cuz we never want to assume that anybody listening to this podcast is at the same level, right? Absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things. So if if I forget Samir, remind me but we'll we'll be sure to go. So seven strategic steps. Let me say them real fast and we'll go through them. So alignment, requirements, research, recommend, implement, train, and governance. And just so you know, there's no acronym, so I'm not going to come up with some magical <laughs> acronym like <laughs> RITGA, which is not a real word, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Okay, so first one, alignment. And, and what I'd like for you to do is maybe, and, I, and I'll give my examples after this, give me an example of alignment. If you're walking into a business that, let's say you're doing a startup and you are the marketing and slash tech guy and they say hey samir you're going to be this part of the team you're the expert we need to build a stack like a set of tools uh, you know how do we start doing this and we have to start with this alignment what does that mean when you're in a startup let's start with the startup version first
1: absolutely uh, so it, it, that's where it kind of it gets very interesting because a lot of people just think like hey i'm just going to go build our marketing stack so i'm just going to hire this marketing Uh, operationals or marketing technology professional in my organization be it a big or a small and then now you know he's gonna crank up the engine and start building this stack because we need a bunch of technology in order to move our 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 company forward what's interesting is it's it's kind of putting the horse before the the cart before the horse because you Mm -hmm. can't start building your marketing technology stack unless you have an internal requirements uh, essentially like alignment process. Like what I say by alignment is, yeah. the first thing you need to do is to identify who the stakeholders are that needs to participate in this MarTech stack conversation. Uh, yes. And then once you identify, like in, in small companies, it could be like three, four people that can get together and make the decisions and provide their uh, sort of the objectives, list of things that they want to accomplish, the challenges that they're having. In a large organization, the word Keyword is a steering committee. So you need to have a steering committee. And I wouldn't recommend the steering committee to go like, you know, even if your organization is extremely large, you shouldn't have more than like 20 people in that steering committee. One from each department coming in and participating and providing uh, their objectives and their requirements. So that's where the alignment process comes in. As you go and work with each stakeholder, you identify these stakeholders, you develop your steering committee. A typical steering committee could look like People from your finance, your sales operations, marketing operations, your IT guys, your marketing stakeholders, uh, with the blessing from your leadership, like the C-level executives. Uh, so that's your—that's uh, when you come in together from your, from your different departments, and you say, "Okay, my objective is I want to improve the quality of the marketing qualified lead." Uh, you know, that's that's okay. My objective. It will,
0: well, okay. Let, let's say let's say that let's say a director of a specific team does not want to participate because of just time constraints or some funny excuse, and they send somebody in who is at a lower level that's not the ultimate decision maker, and this person is just going to relay information. Is that acceptable?
1: Uh, yeah, I think in the beginning it may be a challenge because now you're uh you're you're in this position where you're trying to work with different entities and different stakeholders to be able to uh, provide a solution for your organization when it comes to martech platform. Mm-hmm. But ultimately you want that person, if he feels like he is the decision make, ultimate decision maker, but he's for whatever reason not able to attend, you may want to set up a one-on-one time with them when you get complete the alignment process between the different chiefs. Uh, because if you don't have an alignment and if you go on into the requirements, which is the next steps, then there's going to be a break in the process and you'll have to go back again to build that alignment because you could say, okay, I have identified these seven or eight objectives that these people have. Yep. Now I want to go and gather the requirements for these objectives, but then the director can come in the later stage and say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't agree with these objectives. So you're back to score one. You don't want to do that. You want to set up separate time with these people to get their objectives in place.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the big company. When you're in a big company, the struggles—and I'll joke about this—but the struggles that both you and I have, there are so many Type A personalities in there that people try, because of the power of their department or their position, they try to dominate. You know, dominate the process and dominate the alignment process and take over. Is there really a a, a leader in that room? That's my first question. Is there really a leader in that room when that happens?
1: Uh, Absolutely. So that's a great question. And this is the reason why we're doing the alignment process is because what you want to do is once you collect the objectives from every single stakeholder in that steering committee, you want to go around and do the prioritization based on the business requirements. Like, you know, let's say there's a person from IT and he has very specific requirements about security and compliance when selecting a marketing technology platform versus a marketer who wants to focus more on acquisition, growing Mm -hmm. revenue. Uh, So you have these two different departments and let's say if the marketer leans to a specific technology uh, because they want to focus on revenue and the IT department wants to go with something else because of that. See, that's that's the problem that you have to deal with later. The first step, even though there's a type A personality, what you want to tell them, like, hey, look, we're at the very early stage. We're gathering all the objectives. And as a team, we're going to prioritize these objectives into specific high value items that we want to go focus on that's going to impact or make a big impact in the organization. And that's how you kind of uh, you know, put them on the side for a little bit and say, Hey, you know, let's work with us. You know, let's put together this first list and we'll get on to the next step.
0: Okay. So and here's my, here's another question about that. How detailed do you go when you're building out this requirements doc? Are we talking about full hardcore RFP detail? This is something you're going to be sending into the U S government, right? Or are we talking about a, a checklist of, of things you just need to make sure happen?
1: Well, it, it depends on, again, the organization. Like I've been in an organization sure. where we have to do a full-blown uh, requirements gathering process and developing a checklist and doing a formal RFP process, which is kind of where we're, we're going to walk through it, some of the uh, second and third steps. But if you're a small organization and you're a startup, uh, you're just getting started, you want to put something in place, I don't think you'll have to deal with that. Uh, I don't think it's a requirements at all. You can literally put together like a paper napkin objectives and then go build your requirements and start doing research uh, uh, to find the vendor that you need.
0: Very cool. Okay. So I think we feel good about alignment. I think we've, we've talked about the, the startup. We've talked about the big, you know, the big companies. We've talked about the, the detail and the amount of people and everything. So we're, we're good. So let's go to the next one. So Once you've done your alignment, you kind of know what's going on, right? You have it written down. Everybody's in agreement, hopefully, right? (laughs) Then the next one is requirements, right? What other requirements? So when you say requirements, are we saying, are you saying goals or are you saying nice to haves and must haves? Uh,
1: Kind of the second part, right? So when you, when you have defined, when you got your student committee, you got your objectives in place. The next step is to break down these objectives into very specific requirements or functional capability. And I can share an example. Let's say if the sales department says, hey, I want to have more MQLs for marketing teams so I can increase the volume of sales accepted lead so then my team can have more to pipeline to work with. So that's mm-hmm. a very specific uh, requirements that you're gathering from the process. The ultimate idea is to have a bigger pipeline. But in order to have the bigger pipeline from the marketing generated leads, first, you need to have a higher volume of MQLs and those needs to be quality MQLs so that you have a better pipeline conversion. So then you get into these functional capabilities. Okay, in order to have a higher volume of MQLs, what are the things that needs to happen? First, you need to make sure that the marketing is getting enough traffic on the website. Second, you want to make sure that your marketing automation process is in proper place and the scoring is done correctly. So when you transfer the leads, they're increasing number of leads, but at the same time, the quality is good. So do we really need to have something to drive more traffic to the website or is something we need in the marketing automation side that helps us facilitate those types of uh, Mm -hmm. transfer of leads uh, across uh, different departments? Uh, So that's where you get into the requirement process. You take each of these objectives, you divide them into functional capabilities. And the way I see the functional capabilities is three prompts: One, is it a people Mm -hmm. problem? Is it a technology problem? Is it a process problem? In case of, you know, MQLs, let's use a very specific example, marketing qualified leads. Uh, We're not getting enough MQL. You know, that's the complaint from your uh, sales teams. Like, we're not getting that enough amount of MQL. Now you could go back and start doing the research and you could say, you know what, we have a really smart person who's managing a marketing uh, automation platform, so it's not a people problem. And and that person has done enough to implement as many processes as he or she could on the platform, so it's not necessarily a process problem, but apparently the technology is very limited for us to do a lot of things that we want to go do. So it seems like it is an actual technology problem that we need to go solve, and then you're going to go into the research phase, which is the next phase and start looking in the market who can provide a sophisticated marketing automation technology. And that's just marketing automation. Same thing for analytics or same thing for any other like sales operations or sales automation platform.
0: Yep, and that's where you can actually go in and do RFIs, or requests for information um, with specific companies.
1: Yeah, and because because you've already identified, you know, what sort of a functional capability that you need, uh, then you can go into a with A lot of companies, what they you know, majority of the time the MarTech acquisition process fails miserably or you just end up buying technology for the sake of buying it is because they don't go through this requirement phase. They just go from alignment directly to the research because they <laughs> look at the third market. They skip the requirements process, which is where you're going to define those functional capabilities. You know, if, you know, if you're going to spend million dollars to go buy a technology, if you're a large organization or multi-million dollars, then you better buy the technology that's going to help you solve the problems what happens is you buy these technologies, you end up identifying like, hey, the internal process is completely broken. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do with this multimillion dollar technology now?
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing is you also, as you are even talking about before, the technology process and people, you have to also understand what is the implication of how, bringing in a new technology, how much training and onboarding is gonna happen um, You know, to, to get that in play. You know, let's say you bring in Marketo, for instance, you know, as a marketing automation tool, um, how long is it going to take for you to train your team and set up and implement Marketo? And then if you're working with IT, are they going to take six months to even start doing anything, right? Because you're on a code freeze or some other BS, you know, exactly. then on the people side. Yeah. And on the people side, do you even have a person that's actually capable of doing this? Do you need to go and hire a Marketo certified person? to be able to go in and manage this or not. So there's so many things that you need to put in the requirement because at the end of the day, if, you know, if leadership comes back to you or specifically finance even comes back to you and says, yeah, I really think you need to do this because your MQLs are down and all this other stuff, exactly what Samir is talking about. But by the way, here's your budget and it's not so fantastic. And here's another thing. You're not going to be able to hire somebody. How does that change your requirements? You then know. you buy mailchimp <laughs> <It's,
1: yeah. laughs> you Sorry, don't buy Marketo.
0: <laughs> nothing against mailchimp if you're if you're listening but no i love
1: mailchimp it's good yeah. really good for you know smaller companies who are getting <laughs> started but obviously if you don't have budget then you'll have to go and change the research process right you know if you're is so
0: important it's it's ridiculously important
1: absolutely yeah. and it's it, i'm you know i'm glad that you asked that question is because what ends up happening like you know people have huge aspirations about their martech stack and they want to be <laughs> positioned into the uh the global martech conference you know in the in the in main stage yeah. like, hey, look how cool my martech stack is but what they forget about is that depending on the type of organizations are depending on their needs and the budgets and requirements are they need to think about what's possible with that budget uh i, yeah. I would yeah my preference would be like if i have a limited budget and I feel there's three critical objectives that we're trying to solve for and I've identified three uh, functional capabilities which are associated with the marketing marketing technology platform. then I would go buy those three instead of investing in one heavyweight giant uh, that yeah. can just blow up all your budget in
0: Well and the other thing is is you need to get your business analyst in the room and your marketing um, you know database analyst in the room. Uh, not database, standard, but you need to get your, your marketing leaders in there. You need to run a return on investment, um, uh, you know, a re- return investment uh, review of of really exactly what you're going to get out of the tool, Absolutely. you know, c- call them up, a call up Marketo and ask them and we're using Marketo as an example, call Marketo and say, what is the average return on investment of implementing a basic, you know, Marketo instance without ABM AKA account-based marketing, right? With basic lead scoring and so on, what is my average return on investment and how long will it take for me to see revenue coming in the door? Because here's something big. If let's say it's what? Today, it's May, right? And you're looking at it and you're like, okay, we're going to be finished with this whole process and part of the stack is, okay, we're going to decide right after 4th of July, right, in the middle of July. After that, then you're going to go through mild negotiation. Let's say it's going to be done by the end of July. Then, after that, you're going to go and start doing the implementation. And then you have to worry because your team is getting ramping up for holiday season. So, really, it's not going to be onboarded until, I don't know, sometime in, in, I don't know, say October. Yeah. Right? Q4. Q4. Sometime in Q4. And then, by the time you start doing that, because you have a, six months to one year lead cycle on your sales, or even more if you're a large company, you know, up to two years, when are you going to actually start seeing return? Not until maybe Q1 or not even until Q2 of the following year. And you're in Q2 right now. So you got to be realistic. (laughs) You got to understand the reality of time and the requirements and what really is going to happen because you're not going to say, yeah, we're going to make a whole bunch of money by the end of the year. I'm going to call a giant BS on that because there's, there's no way that's going to happen. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, th- this is, and you know, that's a reason why we built, you know, we have these different types of processes and steps yep. to avoid these types of gotchas and mishaps. Happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So those are big. That's why we've spent so much time on alignment requirements. If you don't build a strong, set a uh, uh, build a strong alignment with your company and a strong set of requirements you might as well just not move to the next step just don't do it um and whether you're a small business or a large corporation your requirements should be the same it should be even more stringent if you're a small business or a startup because money is specific you only have a certain amount of runway before you lose money and you got to get it up and running ASAP. You can't wait six months for something to be implemented because you're bringing in an Eloqua for a startup that has four people, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd actually be the funniest thing. If I were Eloqua selling to a startup, I'd actually laugh. I don't know what I would do, even if they could afford us.
1: Well, if they come up with <laughs> a startup version of uh, their marketing cloud, that will make sense.
0: I doubt it, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we talked about alignment. We talked about requirements. The third one is a fantastic one. Research. Okay. So when you go into research, I'd like to understand who's qualified to do the research and who should be doing it. The marketing.
1: Yeah. The marketing technology team should be the one that should be qualified because they started with this original steering committee. They got the requirement. They got the functional capabilities. They identified, uh, Thoroughly that, hey, we really have a technology gap that we got to go fill in. And then at that point of time, the recommendation was to go and get these uh, sales management platform or marketing technology platform. Uh, at that, that point of time, the marketing and sales teams and marketing, ideally marketing ops and sales op or martech or sales tech, whatever you call in your organization, they should be the one that should start the research process because they're gonna be the ones that are gonna do the outreach to the vendor, uh, they're the expert, they have the knowledge of the industry, they're gonna go look at what uh, is available in the market from a marketing automation platform or sales automation platform or marketing analytics platform perspective, uh, look at Gartners of the world, foresters of the world, you know, look at the Gartner Magic Quadrant, uh, look at all these different types of uh, uh, review sites, They're available today, like Trust Radius is one of them, and identify, like, hey, who are the top contenders that qualify or that meet the requirements that we have from a company standpoint and also are going to be within the budgets that we're looking for. Obviously, if you're going to look for the top, top, and you're looking in the enterprise space, but you don't have the budget, then it doesn't make sense to go for the top ones. You may want to find the ones that are somewhere in the middle that are still rated really well along all these different websites, but they are a good contender to be in your shortlist because ultimately what you're trying to do in the research process is not only looking for a, a list of uh, three, four providers, but you're coming with a short list of providers that you want to go and recommend internally.
0: Yes. And, and one of the things, and, and, and here's my recommendation to the vendor that you're going to research. And this is me speaking from the vendor side, get them to do a whole bunch of stuff that you don't want to do. If, if you need more research and you need to find out more information about stuff, ask them to do it, right? Ask them to go and pull a bunch of stuff, pull a bunch of reports, tell them to send you how to's and, and requirement information and test, have them do all the work. You don't need to go and pull Gartner force, have them do it because they're more willing to, to bust their butt and get as many resources as possible because they want to sell you. And like I said, I have, teams that I know of that do this on a daily basis because we want to win business. So get the vendor to do a ton of work. Here's another thing. Is there, is there, and I know this may have fallen into the requirements, but when you're doing the research, is there a prioritization model
1: here? Uh, you, prioritization are, in terms of identified vendor or prioritization of your requirements?
0: A uh, prioritization versus identified vendor. Who do you go after first? And, um, do, you know, you can't go after the whole stack at once. How right. do you not go crazy?
1: Yeah, I think generally speaking, what you may want to do is uh, you want to, as I was mentioning, if you get all the information from the Gartner's, Foresters, or Trust Radius of the world, and you have the list of vendors that are available in the marketplace, I would shortlist based on the types of reviews, based on their capabilities, uh, based on the functional requirements to five of those vendors. And that's how I'm going to do the final prioritization of three in the recommendation stage. So I would go from like 20 to five, then to three in the recommendation phase.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. And then, and, and, you know, it's one of those things when you're in your research, you know, um, everybody has different methodology, maybe call some people, you know, call some people you don't know, Even go for the big wigs that you never know that you could afford. You'd be shocked at how much they want to bring their price down because they see an opportunity with your company. You never know. So, you know, in that research phase, go after that because I've even seen, you know, competitors come in when, when I'm having conversations where competitors come in and they've dropped the price by, you know, to a third of what they normally charge. And you're sitting there thinking, Oh my gosh, what, (laughs) is there something we don't know? Did, did, is there like a fire sale on your product or are you getting ready to end of life it or something? Or are you that desperate as your stock dying? Something, but people are willing to sh- shock you with their prices. So I would say challenge them.
1: Yeah. And I think this is kind of the sales one-on-one never play the price battle, right? You know, if you know that, yeah. Hey, you can deliver the value uh, and you know that you can uh, win the clients based on your capability, uh, don't play the price game so absolutely yeah look out for the price gamers out there because then you get into the part where it's all about price it's they they're, they're going it's going to beat out the value you're going to get from the software
0: yep cool okay so we got alignment we got requirements research now at, next one is called recommend so, after this, you've done your research. How long should your research possibly take? Is there a time frame, or do you feel like um, you need to give yourself a, a time limit so you don't sit there and mull over it for six months?
1: Uh, yeah, um, it is. Ideally, for a research perspective, uh, it shouldn't take you uh, more than like 30 days, uh, you know, depending on how complex your requirements was in the original place. So if your requirements are not that complex, you'll probably spend like a couple of weeks and come up with a, a good list of vendors, but 30 days is a good enough time for you to provide the top three recommendation for the software that you need. And, and this is the beauty of this process is you're going from one step to the other, and each step has a specific time limit. So then you're no longer in that step when you pass that time, you're in the next step. Uh, and that pushes you to move forward instead of like you know, like being in one step for a long enough time and say like, hey, I'm not moving forward, something's wrong.
0: Yep. And so recommendations, I wouldn't, and I'm going to speak, preach, uh, you know, preach into the choir here. When you give your recommendation, this is not an email with like one to two sentences to say, Hey, we recommend this product because it gives us the best price and it has the most features that we need that align with our requirements. <laughs> that that absolutely is absolutely not. Like, yeah. you're basically going to get a no response or a laughing in your face emoji coming back. Like you got to be kidding me. You were, you were the person in charge to do this, right? A recommendation is fully thought out. This is a full on presentation. You know, this is, this is the make it or break it. This is where when Samir and I have talked about those, the, you know, the art of selling internally This is where the art of selling internally comes in. If you are great at the research, great at the requirements, and great at the technical, but you are not a seller, meaning somebody they can sell to other people internally within your company, hand this off to somebody who can and work alongside them. Because what this does, this is the part that takes somebody who can really get in front of the right people and sell that recommendation. Because if you can't sell it, nothing's going to happen, no matter how much you want to sell it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And especially people who are in this role of marketing technology or they're in marketing or sales ops and they're investing in buying a technology, you need to, be, you need to have sales skills. Uh, and yes. you know, a lot of people feel bad like, hey, you know, I don't like sales. Well, you know, everyone has to sell something. yeah. You know? so everyone <laughs> has to have the basic fundamentals of selling something. So absolutely, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. And so when you think about the recommendation, here's what I would do. Create two different documents. One's a Word doc and the other one's a PowerPoint. You do a Word doc that has all the details because at the end of the day, they're going to want to leave behind that they can take away and go speak, you know, in private you know, with whomever I'm sure with finance and so on. And they they need the basics of how your recommendation followed up with requirements and aligned or your require your research aligned with the requirements and so on based on your recommendation then you got to create a powerpoint presentation we're not talking drawn out like crazy or anything with you know you know crazy animation on there just something that's clean and clear that specifically goes into the requirements that you were searching for the research that you came up with and the recommendations following back to those requirements and whether that recommended tool met all the requirements and why it's as simple as that yeah absolutely
1: and I would recommend leveraging the vendor to provide you with all that information in a lot of cases I've seen when I work personally work with the vendors uh, they are more than willing to put together these presentations for you so you don't have to spend a significant amount of time to go build it you can leverage their resources uh, because they already have uh, these types of presentation as you know, from a sales perspective. They're already using it for other clients. So you can probably just take them and customize that a little bit to your needs so it doesn't look like straight out of a template. Uh, take it, customize it, uh, align with your business team, and like Jeremy said, do a steering committee meeting and walk them through the presentation with your final three recommendations.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I've even been from the vendor side. I have PowerPoints that – that are publicly facing that are external facing that we're allowed to give to our customers and say, Hey, here's something you can use to sell internally. It's already been pre-approved and you just give it to them and you already have, you know, 10 to 15 great slides of information with the technical images and pictures so you can sell it. So never, ever, uh, you know, feel like you have to do this on your own. Your vendors are there. They want to sell you. But also the other thing, practice. It sounds kind of funny. You're, you know, you're an experienced marketer. You've been doing this for years. You do presentations all the time. This is one of those you probably should practice just to make sure because you get one chance to sell your recommendation after that. Well, I don't know. It depends on how good you are. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Okay. So you've done your alignment, right? You've gone through your requirements. You've exhausted your requirements. You've done your research, you've looked across the globe and you found exactly who you should talk to and you've done your recommendation and by, by, you know, sheer win you got your approval, right? So you've been given a timeline. How long is usually that timeline to go into the next one, which is implementation? Like what happens here in implementation?
1: Yeah, I really relieved? think among seven steps, uh, you know? uh, yeah. Yeah, I I was going to say, like, I really think among all the seven steps, I think implementation is definitely one of the steps that takes the longest time. Uh, Again, depending on the organization, depending on how complex your existing infrastructure is, uh, you know, your your internal situation, how the teams are aligned and so on and so forth. The implementation will be the one that's going to take most time from a MarTech standpoint
0: okay and and that this is where you're getting back with your alignment this is where you're getting back with the people who need to be in the room with regards to you know the implementation that you obviously finance really shouldn't have to be there in the room right um but you're talking their job's
1: done they funded
0: yeah <laughs> they funded it their job is done this is where heavy work with it comes in right exactly heavy work with um your analyst team or your operations team These are all people that need to be, you know, put into, you know, put into like a meeting routine, whether you use an agile methodology, waterfall methods, whatever you do, you need to work with people who know how to manage, just get a scrum master involved, right? Get somebody who, who loves to manage this stuff, get them to sidekick you. And go in there and just build out an an actual implementation plan and put it in a tool that allows you to manage this process. Because what happens is a month or two down the road, leadership and finance are going to start talking about, hey, what about that really cool product that Samir was onboarding? Where is it? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't gotten any updates. Nobody's told me anything. I don't even know what's going on. That's probably a bad sign.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think one of the things that I've learned over the course of the time, you know, leading various smart tech and ops teams is you need to communicate to the steering committee of the stakeholders that were originally involved on a timely basis. Even though you might not have the complete implementation completed, what you want to do as a part of this project plan is to let everyone know what's happening, where you are, how much progress have you made kind of like you know the domino's effect you know when you buy pizza from domino's they so show you that bar where where your pizza is is it in on the way is it in the oven and so on and so forth you keep everyone updated they're going to be like feel satisfied like hey our dollars are invested but some work is already being done and someone's doing something and the other thing that i was going to say in the implementation phase make sure your it group has a project manager or you yourself have a project manager yes. to manage that implementation process because If it's a large scale implementation, things could go out of hands pretty quickly. And I've been in companies where they have implemented a large scale software where they originally committed to the timeline and they never got to the timeline. The timeline kept changing all the time. So you want to be cognizant of the fact that, hey, there's a project plan. This is the timeline looks like you've already communicated the timeline to your stakeholders and now intermittently during the implementation process, you're letting them know what's happening.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And this is a very big one. Okay, cool. Let's go to the next one. So we talked about alignment requirements, research recommendations, right? The implementation now training. Okay. The tools onboarded or even not fully onboarded yet, but you have um, you have to do some training, right? And let's say by happenstance, you're able to come in and bring in um, uh, an extra resource to help out do you need to come up with all the training yourself or is this one where you go back to your vendors and say, Hey, can you help us out with training? Right?
1: Absolutely. And there there are three levels of training that I've seen. And this applies to any platform, any MarTech platform. So there's a basic level of training, uh, which is someone needs access just to get the reports out or to download something or just to get a snapshot of it. So they, and these are mostly, your, you know, uh, senior level executives or maybe uh, the mid-level managers who just need to have access to the platform. They need to know how to log in and how to download a report if they need. The second level of training is people who are going to do the uh, administration, and this is where they're more. They know the processes. They're going to build new processes. They're going to assign the users. They're going to do do the day-to-day operational stuff. And this is where usually your MarTech operations team or sales operation teams comes in the third level is the governance and compliance and security which is mainly an IT function where you want to have IT involved so let's say if you want to upgrade your platform at some point of time or integrate the platform with some other third party technology that you're implementing you want to do the data management piece of it so that's the third level of training which is more intense which is more behind the scenes type of technology so you want to have you want to make sure you break down your training into those three levels so you don't have to have every single person in the training, you know, this is where, again, people, a lot of companies, they make a mistake. They're like, oh, we, we're going to have like 30 people in the room and we're going to do a mass training. And I've been in those trainings <laughs> and uh, 15 yeah. minutes on that tr- training. I'm like, I'm out of this. <laughs> I don't have yeah. time for this training. So you start you just- looking at your phone. That's it, it. Exactly. You're completely checked yeah. out because this was, not, uh, this was not directed towards me. This was just making a big buzz about it and trying to train everyone where everyone doesn't need to be trained on everything and every part of that Martech. <laughs> dude,
0: I, I've been in a few of those, and I just wanted to like put my head down and just
1: sleep. Yeah, just you need to ch- and this is this is why you know I, we came up with this approach of like divide your training on on the type of people you want to be involved in that training process and be very, very Even if, Yeah.
0: Even if you're running the training, trying to train a room on details of, of something they're basically also not interested in with a group of forty to fifty people that's difficult on you too as the trainer. I mean, it come is. on, Absolutely. you know, get five to 10 people in the room, get a small room and and have fun, bring in food, you know, take some breaks, those kind of things. Have and, fun. and I would, cool. I would okay. recommend
1: like leveraging yeah. one, one last thing before we go to the next one is using your vendor as, yes. uh, as a big piece of this training process and using your vendors knowledge as a big piece of the training process. If you just, feel like hey I'm just gonna go do this on my own and your vendor already has a tremendous information about like hey how do we do the training who are the right types of stakeholders that needs to be involved uh, and for the vendors I would definitely urge you know if you work for a company uh, providing services to clients then make sure you divide your training as well like I've seen the vendors make this mistake all the time like they're we yeah, have oh, this is our training. Go do it. A few companies do really well. Adobe does it really well. Salesforce does it really well. Their trailblazer is awesome. When well, you can have training divided by different types of personas, you need to do that. Exactly.
0: They will fly people in who are are experts in this, and they will do all the work for you. I guarantee that they will. All you got to do is ask, because they 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 want to they want you to buy something, right? Absolutely. When you're showing them money, they'll do whatever you want. It's, it's not rocket science, right? Cool. Okay. So the last of the seven steps, so the first six, right? Alignment, requirements, research, recommendation, or recommend, implement, train. The last one is governance. What do we mean by governance?
1: Governance means once you have trained everyone, when people start using it, uh, you want to make sure that your technology – is maintained well you know whenever there's a new software patch comes in the upgrade comes in uh it's it's upgraded you want to make sure the users are constantly changing their password you want to make sure the data is not going out of the system that you're not able to track and it is getting to some other system without your knowledge Uh, you want to make sure that uh, the when the users leave the organization you're removing them from the system so they're not accessing your software once they leave so that's all part of the governance, like your IT, your security compliance, your day-to-day maintenance of the technology.
0: Nice. And so uh, I think one of the things is you gotta stay consistent with the tool that you onboarded. The last thing that your leadership wants is for you to have done all this work to bring in a tool and afterwards you walk away and never work with it again. right? Because as Samiras was talking about, there's upgrades, there's new versions coming out. Um, there, there even could be challenges to new vendors coming in the arenas who are gonna, um, you know, try to uh, up, you know, uh, replace the tool that you put in there. The other thing is, you know, making sure that that tool is still valid and that it still works because, you know, the, the biggest issue that people the, the biggest issue that people have today is integration with all their different martech stack tools. And let's say your tool becomes slowly obsolete because you have not done a good job of making sure that all the other new tools that are being onboarded are connected with this tool. That ends up being your problem. People remember you for being that person who brought in the tool. So make sure that there's governance and maintenance around the tools that you bring in. It's basically your job now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So this is good. So we got alignment requirements, research, recommend, implement, train, and governance. These are the seven strategic steps to implementing a MarTech platform. And I think this is absolutely valid to anybody, small business or large. So this, this has been a great one.
1: Absolutely. This is great. Yeah. And feel free to reach out to us uh, if there are any further questions and you want any help from us and both of us have uh, a lot of uh, background in terms of implementing MarTech platform in terms of uh, providing uh, the value through a MarTech platform. So we're happy to help.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to us. And then if we can't help you, we're going to guide you in the right direction. And then as always reach out to us, if you'd like to be um, interviewed or if you know somebody who'd like to be interviewed, like I said, our next podcast coming up, we're going to have a great guest. Um, we're excited about that. So um Thank you again, Samir. This has been absolutely fantastic. And uh, enjoy your first uh, week off next week for the summer.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and the long weekend as well. Exactly. Have a
0: great one, man. Thanks.
1: Have a good one.